All right, welcome back in to another episode of the Fourth and Short Podcast. We are back and better than ever, and I am your host, the self-proclaimed Steeler fan, Jason Felt. With me, the Crimson Cowboy, Trent Hemphill, and the cheese head of the South, Mr. Matt Peterson. Gentlemen, welcome back in. We have got a great show planned for today, and uh, I-, I think we have to start this off by just by rejoicing for a few moments in that barring the pandemic starting again, we are going to have some football. Uh, The NFL Players Association and the league agreeing on the start of the year. And so I think the opt-out deadline has passed. Right. Uh, So we we have reason to celebrate. We have football. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think we Packers should be drafted a wide receiver because uh, our wide receiver we picked up opted out, but you know, he was garbage anyway. Yeah, he was. You you should have drafted a wide receiver anyway. Look, all I'm saying is that my prediction about Antonio Brown from a couple weeks ago is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, but you want s- Antonio Brown? Okay, let's go over this again, shall we? Do, Do I think time? Antonio Brown is a good person? No, that dude's Antonio Clown. He's a total disruption and an absolute moron. That being said, Rodgers has got like what? Two more years? Three max in, left in Green Bay? Man, let's just go sign the guy. Let's see what happens. I mean, we got, we got a couple more shots with Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. Let's just do whatever. Like, what the heck? Sure. Antonio so you, Brown, think a 30, you think a 32-year-old Antonio Brown is that big of a game changer? Yes. Especially since you only get him for eight games. I know. Yeah, he's but he's had no he's had no wear and tear at all. I mean, except on his mind, but we all know that's perfect tore his mind in half. Yep. <laughs> he did. I don't care. Sign A B. Hashtag sign A B. Oh boy, here we go again. I have no way. Well, anyway, uh, Trent did mention that the uh, COVID opt-out, we won't take time to really get into this because we'll talk about uh, at least two of these guys when we get to their team. Uh, but, uh, not a whole lot of, ooh, we got an echo there. Not a whole lot of big name, uh, players that have opted out yet. Um, uh, I think the three biggest names, probably Dante Hightower with Patriots, CJ Mosley with the Jets and Damian Williams for the chiefs. And I think it's significant, uh, for Hightower just because he was kind of the leader of that defense. Uh, then obviously Mosley's about the only decent thing that the Jets have going right now without, uh, uh, since they traded Jamal Adams and then uh, Danny Williams, I think that's significant because now Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the rookie running back out of uh, LSU is clearly the starter. No, uh, I, I told, I told my dad that the other day, Damon's Damian Williams only opted out because he knew he was going to lose that starting job. Oh, hundred percent. It was going to happen, but now it will be interesting to see, and this isn't a fantasy podcast, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how early people begin to take uh, Hilaire because he was always already going pretty early in, in drafts that I had seen. So anyway, well, we'll go ahead and get into it today. Uh, just uh, by way of introduction, again, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at Fourth and Short Podcast. Listen to us wherever you consume your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all, all those good uh, good platforms. So, uh, And we'll also say that uh, we introduced all the guys, but you may hear uh, our guest uh, analyst today. Uh, Trent has daughter, one-year-old daughter. Uh, Tatum is with us. And so uh, <laughs> she probably is going to have better opinions and takes on most of what we talk about today. So. I'm not just they saying just know. Trent and those be like, yep, that's true. At least there's one hemp hill. At least there's one hemp hill in this podcast now that has good takes. It's true. Hey, I was trying to get her to say, hey, say cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> that's smart what girl. Cowboys do. Smart girl. <laughs> there, she just said it. Say cowboys. Hey. Nope. <laughs> she, she's playing with all my workouts, though. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, man, uh-huh. that's good. All right. Well, hey, go back go- there. Go back there. Go back there. Tatum, say Packers. Say Packers. <laughs> Still nothing. All right. 
Well, you know, you she just anyway. All right. I think well, she said puke. <laughs> yeah, I so. Pukers. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it today. <laughs> so for first and ten, as we have been in these divisional previews, uh, we have been using first and ten for our segments of going or punting. And so quick question today, guys. Uh, last year, the NFC South had, depending on how you look at uh, these stats, the NFC South had three top seven offenses in it. So going or punting, Matt, we'll start with you. The NFC South will again have three top seven offenses this year. Going for that. I mean, you know the Saints are automatically there. You know the Buccaneers are automatically there. I mean, Falcons always had the potential to be there, and Christian McCaffrey's on the Panthers. So uh, you could have two top seven uh, offenses and then one person that's a top offense. So <laughs> That's true by himself. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's an easy go for it. Okay. And Trent? I agree 100%. I think that's the first time Matt and I have ever agreed 100% on something. But Jason can attest to this. Before you got on, Matt, I actually said the exact same thing. He did. He did. All of his analysis uh, matched up perfectly. Okay, so I'm going to take it a step further uh, because that's just matching what happened last year. Obviously, Tampa Bay has improved. Um, We we are – the Panthers have a quarterback now. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it up a step further. The NFC South going or punting the NFC South will have three top five offenses this year. Matt. It's a little rich for me. I, I can't too, too rich, too rich. Okay. So you got seven, I, but not five. Yeah. I think the, I think the bucks were, I don't know. All the teams got better on offense. Like, and, and most but of But that means there was only two other teams in there? I mean, who else you put in there? Kansas City and Baltimore? And you don't think anybody, anybody except for Kansas City and Baltimore could be better than those three oh, teams? Baby, you're going to, baby, you're stuck in there. You don't think Sorry, the guys. Cowboys could be top? They got tons of offensive <laughs> weapons. Don't get in there. Top seven, um, not top five. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't. Are we talking yardage? Now, however you want to look at it, scoring okay. offense or total. I yardage. don't think that they'll be top in scoring offense, but I think in yardage, I think that they will have three of the top five. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna punt on both. Okay. Interesting. I and I I know that it looks like this year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a dream team. Oh, I don't I wouldn't go that far. Well, okay. I'll go that far. They have definitely improved. I'll say that, all right? I'll go that far. But I do not think even as good as Brady and Gronk and the wide receivers are and their upgrades on the offensive line and Bruce Arians, I do not think that without a training camp uh, or a long enough training camp that they're going to be able to put all the pieces together, and I think they're going to struggle. So, yeah. so, I mean, I it's going to – the, the no training camp and no preseason is going to hurt. I mean, it legitimately is. Yeah. Especially teams that aren't, you know, firmly established already. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and then start previewing this NFC South uh, today for this episode. And we're going to run through all of these teams, these possible top five or seven offenses. And uh, we'll get into each one of these right now. So starting off in second and long uh, for our NFC South preview. Again, we're going to go in order of their finish last year. And so top in the division for the New Orleans Saints, they finished 13 and three. They finished third in uh, their ranked offense by scoring. Um, They added uh, Malcolm Jenkins on defense, Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver, uh, they added Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Um, He's a good red rusher. In, in the draft. And then they replaced Teddy Bridgewater, who went to Carolina. We'll get into him in a minute. James Winston as their backup quarterback. 
and then they also lost Ted Ginn um, on the outside to Boo-hoo. Bears. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't really matter. So my question is for this team, the storyline, and I'm going to kind of go the theme today in the storylines is going to be coaches for the NFC South. We're going to look at each one of these coaches. So Sean Payton, great coach in the NFC South, but the Saints have had heartbreak after heartbreak in the playoffs the last three or four years. That was when Trent was trying to get Tatum to say Cowboys again. Trent, you forgot to mute yourself. I don't. I can't tell if that means she's a Saints fan or not. <laughs> Tatum is crying over the Saints as well. Okay, so my question is this: Can Sean Payton erase the memories of his team to get the Saints over the playoff hump that's plagued them the last few years? Can they get no. past that? No. No. Okay, so it's going to be more of the same for the Saints this year. The Saints year. The year the Saints should have won the Super Bowl was the Minneapolis Miracle. They go to the Super Bowl, they yep. win that thing. That yep. was that was the time. Ever since then, it's just been a little bit less and a little bit less. It's like like they're slipping down the mountain. Like they were there and they didn't get it. And oh, they slip, 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 slip. They, the now, Saints were the most complete team in the NFL that year. They were good in all facets of the game. And it took literally a miracle to beat them. Yep. Yep. So I, I no, they're they're not gonna get over their woes. They okay. lost first round this last year, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, they lost wild card round. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, man, I don't even know. Like, I've been predicting the demise of the Saints for at least a year, maybe two now, and they keep proving me wrong. As but long gonna... as Breeze is there and Peyton is there. I mean, that's that's along the lines. Obviously, it's not the same, but it's along the lines of a Belichick-Brady combo. Like, yeah. as far as great head coach, great quarterback, you're always going to be in the mix because of of the system. So but is this is this the end of not. is this the end of the window for Drew Brees? His window already ended. Okay, so it ended in the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, it did. Yeah, he, I mean, had a, he had a legitimate shot, though, the next year when he uh, lost to the Rams. But, but, I mean, the window's closed. Yeah. It's done. Okay. All right, well, let's move on to team number two. And, and this is probably the team that is the has been the flashiest team in the offseason in the NFL and is going to require – us to talk about it a little bit uh, longer than these others. So I want to get to them next. So that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They finished seven and nine last year, um, second in the league or in the division. They were f- the fourth ranked offense by scoring. Um, I believe the third ranked uh, passing team uh, by yardage. That's uh, it. They, they added, um, obviously we already said it. They added Brady. They added Gronk. Uh, they added LaShawn McCoy, which that is insignificant at this point, it seems like. They added in the draft, I think their draft picks are significant. So they added uh, Tristan Wirfs, the 13th overall pick, offensive lineman at Iowa, which that was one of their weaknesses last year. They added Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, cornerback, which their uh, secondary was horrid. Oh. Was he was he Minnesota? I think so. Okay. Um, and their their run game or their run defense was great last year. I think they had the third overall run defense, but their uh, pass defense was like bottom three. Yep. And then they added Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, running back, uh, to the backfield. They lost uh, obviously Jameis Winston. They lost Indomitian Sue, and they lost Peyton Barber. Their uh, second running back of that two headed running back system. So. That's a lot. So my question, my first question is this, and then we'll, I'll ask a question about Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, great coach. Obviously, in spite of the fact that Jameis Winston had 30 interceptions last year, he still threw for 33 touchdowns, had a great passing year aside from the turnovers. Jason, who wins the game? Which team wins the game? The team that wins the turnover bar- margin. Yep. Yes. 
Okay. You can't. You're not going to win game when you're throwing 30 interceptions. I agree. It's not going to happen. Plus, however many fumbles, not going to happen. Look, the problem with this team was the quarterback. They fixed it. Bruce Arians is a fantastic coach, and he went out there and he did the whole uh, LeBron James thing, and everybody wants to play with him. So, boom, here comes Gronk. Boom, here comes Shady. And I'm not saying that Shady is any kind of you know huge addition there, but the dude's good as washed a, up. A change of pace. Washed up. He's good as a change of pace. You can put him in. Yeah, of course. Who's their other guy? Back. He's not number one back. Uh, ooh, who is there? Ronald Barber. Jones. Exactly. Jones. That's my point. Here's the thing where I, this is where I think Shady Look. is significant because uh, uh, Brady, Brady as a veteran quarterback, quarterback who uh, is concerned about not getting hit. If he gets hit with either Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn in – at running back because they miss a block or something, he is going to request that Shady is in there because he is a veteran and has been in the league for a while. And that's going to be the end of those two other guys. So I think that's where Shady is. Well, no, I don't think he's going to be there on rushing downs, but I think he's going to be there on passing downs. So I think that's where it's significant. All right. So this is my question. Okay. Is there because here, here are the embarrassment of riches that Tampa Bay has right now. Obviously, uh, Brady at quarterback. They have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two top five wide receivers in the league. They have um, three great tight ends in Gronk, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Bray. Yep. My uh, bold take on OJ Howard: He will not finish the season as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I don't think that's. I don't think that's very bold. I, I think that's very. That's very foreseeable. Um, I meant to say hot take. I didn't mean to say bold. I don't even think that's whatever. that hot. I mean, I know what you mean there, but I'm okay. Well, down, I man. We got Mark and Nelly's predictions. Yeah, I figured they would trade him during the off season, and they didn't. Yeah. Well, they. I think they said they wanted to involve him. I think Bright's going to be the one that that uh, doesn't get used as much. So anyway, here's the question about Tampa Bay. Is there too much of a good thing in Tampa Bay? No. Because I think there is. Here's why. Here's why. You're bringing in somebody with incredible work Ah. ethic in Tom Brady. Tom Brady is out there to win, and he puts in work, and he's focused. You're bringing in, you know, a legitimate legend. So this guy, I think that he's going to make everybody around him better. He wasn't necessarily better in – or he wasn't didn't make the Patriots so good because he was some kind of crazy talent. I mean, like, physically, right? He did it because it's all an upstairs game for him. You can take away – you can get old like he's getting, but you can't take away the mentals that he's got. So he's going to go down there and he's going to do the exact same thing. And Bruce Arians is a fantastic coach, and I won't hear anybody say anything different. Oh, so, I completely agree with you about Arians. He's got the – you. you He's Arians and Brady is a fantastic combo. He is a great coach. Also, Brady's going to be like, what? Weapons? What are these? I don't know what these are. Here's the one problem. What's a superstar wide receiver? (laughs) Here's Here's the one problem that I will say. Because both of those guys, Evans and Godwin, are stretch the field, big play kind of guys. That has not been Brady's game of, of late. Um, and so that's where I think the struggle is going to be. He likes to short dump off crossing receivers, and maybe we find him have a connection with somebody else. Um, and obviously the tight end and Grok will be a friend that will make him feel comfortable. But I just wonder if the system he is coming into, and Arians is, again, a great coach that can adjust to the strength of whoever he has in his system. But I just don't know if, I, I don't know if Brady's got it. I, I And that may be a little bit of bias just because I'm not a Brady fan, but at the same time. Dude, I am a Brady fan. Let's go. Yeah, we I'm, you are. Brady calling, me a Brady, calling me a Brady fan is a little, a bit of a stretch. That's like, I respect Brady's game, but I'm not a, a fan. I understand. You have respect, like, but you're not going to It's kind of like LeBron. Him. I respect LeBron's game, but I – I no, I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, no, I I understand. I completely understand what you're saying. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the Falcons. They also finished seven and nine, uh, but uh, by tiebreaker, finished third in the division. 
They were the fifth total offense in the league. Uh, they were only 13th in scoring. And so I think that's where we see some of the issues that the Falcons had last year on offense. They just couldn't get it in to the end zone. Uh, they added uh, Todd Gurley. They added Dante Fowler Jr. on defense. They added Hayden Hurst, tight end, in a trade from Baltimore. They added uh, in the draft A.J. Terrell out of Clemson uh, for the secondary, and then Marlon Davidson uh, for the line out of Auburn. They lost Austin Hooper to the Browns in free agency. They I think that's going to be a big loss. I think so, too. Yeah, they they lost Austin Hooper. They lost, yeah. they lost Desmond Trufant. Uh, they lost Devontae Freeman. Um, they cut both of those guys, and then they lost Dick Beasley to the Titans. So, last year, on this very podcast, we were on, for the majority of the year, the Dan Quinn fire. fire yep, fire Dan Quinn. It never, never happened. happened. I maybe, how- maybe, maybe I can start my, my trend again, and it'll work for the Falcons as well. Maybe. Uh, I, I forgot how bad things started. They started yeah. one and, s- one and uh, seven last year. One and seven. Yeah. Yeah. And, then went, and then went six and two the rest of the year. So that's do you so remember he the, figured something out. Do you remember the game that saved him? The game that against- saved the Saints? Was it? The Saints, yeah. yeah the Saints, yeah. when they beat the Saints, that was the game that saved his job. So It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was good, good that was timing. A good timing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tatum, for your um, good sound effects. Your sound effects. All right, so here's what the Falcons are up against this year. All right, they have a tough schedule. Obviously, they have a tough division that they have to play in. You know, yeah. four between yeah. the Saints and the and the uh, the Buccaneers. They also their four of their non-divisional road games: Green Bay, Dallas, Kansas City, and Minnesota. All road games. So half of their their season, they're pretty tough games. So last year we saw him right on the edge. It seemed like he was just always in the hot seat. So is this the year that Dan Quinn's luck runs out or do the additions that the team made this year just provide the lucky charms he needs to keep it up? Matt? While, while I think, I think this will be Dan Quinn's last year. And I do think the Falcons will still have a top offense, but I do not think that'll translate into wins. And I think they will finish last in the division. Oh, wow. I agree with him. You, I think the, the I think, think the Panthers are are going to be better than people think they are, and and I just don't I don't see the Falcons. I, I Gurley's not going to be a game changer. He that division is going to cannibalize itself. Oh yeah, it, it will, it will. Um, but I I think they're going to finish last in the division. I don't. They'll they'll do what they always do. They'll have a high powered offense. They're not going to be great on defense, and. Dan Quinn is going to be fired a year too late. I agree with they that. should have fired him last year. What's going to happen is even if, let's say, what, realistically, does Dan Quinn keep his job at 8-8? Eight and eight? I, I can't see how he, how he should. I, I mean, maybe he does just because, I mean, he shouldn't have probably kept his job last year. So I think I don't he think might, but I don't think he should. Nothing other than a deep playoff win keeps Dan Quinn in his job. Yeah, I I think he's going to be in the same boat as the Clapper. Yep. Like even an eight and eight, you know, would would still be pretty detrimental to him. So yeah, oh, I I would agree. With, I would agree and now you're going to have to have all the discussions about did he waste uh, Matt Ryan's career. <laughs> Um, yeah, because the clapper wasted Tony Romo's. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to those Carolina Panthers. Uh, last year, they finished five and eleven. Uh, they added uh, several pieces. They uh, the aforementioned Teddy Bridgewater uh, coming over uh, to replace Cam Newton, who they lost as a subtraction. Uh, which that's an upgrade. I was going to say that that needed to happen anyway. Uh, they also added Robbie Anderson in the wide receiving core. 
<laughs> they added Russell Okun for the offensive line. However, I don't know if you guys saw this. He is mulling retirement right now. So that may. Man, that, uh, that's messed up when, when dudes do that. Like, that's messed up. So they also uh, added uh, their entire draft. I think they had seven or eight picks in the draft, all defense, which was their weakness last year. Uh, besides, That's smart. Besides the quarterback. So they added Derek Brown out of Auburn with the seventh overall pick. For the defense. Very smart pick. They also added Eter Grossmatos out of Penn State for the defensive line. Um, and then obviously they have a new head coach in Matt Rule coming out of Baylor. They lost, as we said, Cam Newton. They lost a bunch of pieces on the defense. James Bradbury, Gerald McCoy, Mario Addison, Eric Reed. They also lost Greg Olson, whom they cut. And then probably their biggest loss was the retirement of Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. So, See, Luke Keekley did it right. He didn't mull retirement. He just said, hey, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. No, absolutely. He And he did it in the offseason, not right before the season's about to start. Correct. Correct. So the question for me, in keeping our coach storyline theme going today, for Matt Rule, let me ask you guys, and both of you obviously are pretty high on the Panthers this year. I think they're still going to finish last because I still think that their defense is their weakness with losing so many pieces, with losing a leader like Keekley. Obviously, these young guys they're bringing into the draft are great talent, but I think it's going to take a little bit. And my other reason is Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach, obviously. Great years both at Temple and at Baylor. But I need to ask you this question, and I'll give you a stat that backs it up. What is the floor? What is the floor? I'm not asking how high do you think they can go. I'm asking what do you think is the bottom for the Panthers in Matt Rule's first year? In both first years that he had at Temple and Baylor. And, again, both both programs went high, 10 and 11 wins eventually. But both first years at Temple and Baylor, one win. So – what is the floor for the Panthers in Matt Rule's first year, Matt? Like how low do I think that they could possibly be, or what yes. do I think is acceptable? No, how low? I mean, what's worst case scenario? What was their record this past year? Uh, Five and 11. Six and 10 is the floor. They will be better than they were last year. Yeah, they're going to be better. I mean, the, the fact is they're going to be better, okay? They're not getting slapped by the schedule like the Falcons are. So they will be better. And 6 and 10 is better than 5 and 11. So that's the floor. I don't think that they're going to close to that. But okay. there will be at least 6. At least 6 and 10. Trent? I, the over-under, I feel like the over-under should be 8 and 8. Like, that's, that's the over-under for these guys. Do you think they'll be over it or under it? Oh, I'm going under for sure. I think the I think the floor for them is the same as last year, five and eleven. I mean, I don't think they're going to get worse. I agree. I think they're going to get better, but I think that the floor is going to be what they set last year. Um, I mean, five wins is Guys, even five I'm, wins. I'm high. For, I'm I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater. I've always no. thought that he was a good quarterback, even when he was at Minnesota instead of Minneapolis, same difference, I guess. Uh, even when he was at Minnesota, I thought that he was a very good quarterback. And I thought that he was just about to come into his prime and then, you know, or really be something, and then he tore his ACL. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Teddy Bridgewater does. Yeah, but, I mean, is, is Bridgewater just going to be a facilitator for McCaffrey? No. I think he's got the skills to pay the bills. So I think that, you know, you give, you give McCaffrey any kind of rest where he's like, wow, gee whiz, I don't have to do everything. You know, that's just going to, that's just going to help the the Panthers and make them that much better. They won't have to rely on McCaffrey as much this year. I agree. I mean, I wasn't, you know, wasn't what? Matt rule at the center of that whole scandal in Baylor? Like, wasn't he, he no, was that was Art Riles. Oh, was it? Yeah, Matt Rule came in and after all that, that okay. was over. So Art Riles actually coaches where my sister goes to high school. Huh? Yeah, I, I, I just don't see how they can. 
I mean, I, I, I would probably be, I would still be under the eight and eight. I can go closer to what Matt is saying, but I don't even, I, I think that about the same record that they have this year. Cause I mean, they've got to play a lot of the same teams that we mentioned for Atlanta. They got to play them on the road too. So I, I, I would think that, you know, Panthers are going to be now. Do they have the potential? Absolutely. I mean, that core between Bridgewater and McCaffrey and DJ Moore. DJ, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that uh, their potential is great. This is going to be, I think we're going to see a changing of the guard in this division here over the next couple of years uh, because Breeze will be on his way out. Brady doesn't have much longer. Who longer, who knows what happens in Atlanta? I think we could, if this young core in Carolina can gel and Matt rule is the real deal in the NFL, you know, Panthers could be on top for a very long time. That'd be yeah. three very good coaches then in one division. Oh, maybe a lot be, of fireworks. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, that was our NFC South preview and uh, we're going to go ahead and then jump right into a very special edition of third and three. Hi. All right, guys. So for third and three today, had this wonderful idea. And uh, we are going to, because there's so much star power, and I would say pretty even. Well, I don't know about even, but there's a lot of star power in the NFC South. Uh, a lot of great uh, players at each position. And so we're going to do a quick fantasy draft. Now, we're not going to do this for the sake of fantasy points. We're going to do this as this is your team in the NFL. And so we're going to. Is this a one-season team? Yes. Like, right now? Yes, right now. So this right isn't, now. like, drafted this, for the future? No, this is not for the future. This is not at their okay. best. This is right now. You want to draft your team from the NFC South. And so we're going to do this as a snake draft. The three of us, um, we're going to take one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, uh, a tight end, a defense, and a coach and you can take and once they're gone they're gone exactly you can take those in any right. order that you like all right and i'm gonna start with matt you're gonna have the first pick and then i'll take second and then trent you're gonna be at the turn all right okay so, uh, Matt, who are you taking 101 christian mccaffrey i was gonna say Dang that's, that's i feel like he's head and shoulders the best person at that position so I can, I think I can wait on everybody else. He's head and shoulders the best person in that division. Yeah, yeah. yeah Arguably it's... the best person in football last year, but you know, so that's not whatever. Yeah. There's, there's not really any, uh, any debate there. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and since you took the best running back, I'm gonna take the best wide receiver, and I'm gonna take Michael Thomas. Julio Jones, of course. So. I'm going to take Michael Thomas. Michael uh, Thomas is not the best wide receiver. I agree with that. Thank you. I've been saying that. Catching 100,000 balls does not make you a good wide receiver. Catching 100,000 balls a yard ahead of the line of scrimmage does not make you a good wide receiver. You know, it's funny. We didn't even talk, and I guess maybe we were just waiting until this point. We didn't talk about either one of those guys in their team previews. Not a, neither one of them, Michael Thomas or Julio. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to take the other one and the better one. And I'm going to take Julio. Okay. All right. So that's your first wide receiver, Trent. Uh, you get to now pick. You're okay. Another, another player. Um, oh, man. Since I'm drafting for right now and I have Julio already, I'm going to go Mike Evans. Okay. All right. Great pick. That's that's like the twin towers there. I know. That's good. So, all right. Well, coming around to me, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab the second best running back in the division. I'm going to take Alan Kamara. Good pick. Um, so I'm going to take two Saints for my picks. And uh, I think Kamara, he obviously had to deal with injury last year, uh, but coming back uh, after that, after taking a few games to get back in the swing, he was fine. And so I still still think he's going to have a, a, a great this year a year this year. All right, Matt. Breeze and Peyton, easy combo, please. All right, we're taking Breeze and we're taking Sean Peyton there. The other two Saints. All right, so we got. Dude, I don't even care who's catching the ball at this point. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, for real. At this point, it doesn't really matter for you. 
but there's so many good wide receivers in this in this mm-hmm. division. I mean, there is. You literally could be just taking the last two, and you'd still be fine. So, all right. I would I would arguably say that I have the best player at each of those three positions. Oh, I would agree with you there. I would agree with you. Um, okay, so for me, um, I am going to go. Oh man, this is kind of tough right here. All right, I'm going to go and take who I think is the best tight end in the division right now, especially with the departure of Austin Hooper. I'm going to take Jared Cook. Um, so Miss that you. I can, that I can get uh, <laughs> uh, the best there. And then I'm going to go ahead and take. Uh, whoa, Chris- whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa, buddy. Oh, you I'm sorry. One pick. I'm sorry. You're right. One pick. My bad. I was just jumping the gun. That's all right. I'll take him on the next one because. Trent can't. So, all right, Trent, who are you taking next? You get two. Oh seconds. man, um, got your two wide receivers. So you got quarterback, running back, tight end, defense, and coach. Oh man, um, I'm gonna take Arians now. Yeah, good because um, I think like y'all said, fix, I, he would pick. not have come back to you. No yeah, way. I know. Um, oh man. Let's see. I'm 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 debating here. Um, what what? Tell us what you're thinking. What what are your thoughts? What are you debating? Well, the quarterback situation. You especially if I got Julio and Mike Evans on the outside. I mean, I could literally pick any of these quarterbacks and look. I mean, look what happened when Brady had Moss. Look what happens now when Matt Ryan has Julio. Bridgewater could arguably just do a. Stafford and close his eyes and throw it up to Megatron. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you got to make sure that you've got a quarterback that can get it to both of those guys. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with Matt on the combo, so I'm going to take Brady just because the last time he had a superstar receiver, he pretty stacked right there, kind of threw a lot of touchdowns. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good. That was also 13 years ago. Yeah, but it's Brady. <laughs> 13 years ago. That's a long time, bro. They right. said that he looks just as good as he did back in the day. So mm, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. So I'm gonna take uh, for my other wide receiver. I'm gonna take Chris Godwin because uh, he actually <laughs> might be the number one wide receiver on his team, and not Mike Evans. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Godwin there to pair him with Michael Thomas. All right, Matt, two picks. Uh, Saints defense. You got to have a good defense, and I think that's the best defense in that that uh, conference division. I, I, Excuse I, me. I would agree. I would agree with you there. All right. So uh, who did you take on defense? I'm sorry. He took the Saints. Saints. Okay. All right. So coming back around to me. Um, oh, I got one more pick. Oh, you, you do. Jeez, I'm sorry. Man. Man. Oh, my. She was just sad because I was going to try to pick ahead of you. She felt bad for you. Oh, yeah? Who are you going to try and take? Uh, Well, nobody that you – I already have all the positions you don't have. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Uh, I'm trying to think here because – I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is still sitting out there, but I'm kind of iffy on him. Oh come on! There are there are there are only two wide receivers at this point that you should take in the draft. Mm. Hold on, I'm having to Google the tight ends and every all the other well, tight ends. Yeah. I was gonna say the tight ends. Well, I mean, think about you got Tampa Bay. You got three to choose from. You don't even have to worry about the other two teams. I know, but I, I if I could be guaranteed that Gronk was still good. Worthy of a 95 in Madden? Yeah, worthy 95 in Madden. He's definitely not worthy of that. We know that's Our, not true. He's got to hurt his back four games. And that's just it. And that's just it. That's why I'm, I'm so – I don't have – I honestly, I don't have confidence in Cameron Bray or O.J. Howard or Gronk. Now, if you give me all three of them, I'll take that as a tight end. No. So that, you know, somebody <laughs> will survive that mix. Sorry, you can only take a team defense, not team tight end. <laughs> Best available wide receiver. Is that an option? 
I would say that's probably Calvin Ridley if you want that. Yeah, or DJ Moore, one of those two. I mean, DJ Moore. See, DJ Moore is really good, though. He's, actually, they're I'm, both up and coming, man. And you need two wide uh, receivers. DJ Moore was the guy. Well, I only get one of them. Oh, you guys have already picked yours, too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're eventually going to get both of them if you want them. Oh, well, heck, I'm going to wait on that then. I'll just take those with the last two picks. I got to forget tight end now. Uh, Gosh. Whoever you think Trent's not going to take, basically. Who's in the Falcons tight end these days? Uh, Hayden Hurst. No. Hayden Hurst. Yeah, yes. Hayden Hurst from Baltimore. Yeah. They traded for him. Oh, let's roll the dice. Let's go, Grunt. 95 rating. Give me 95, Grunt. <laughs> I'll get him for a couple – I'll get him at the very beginning of the season, and I'll get him in the playoffs. Yeah, this is, this is true. He'll be sitting on the sideline the rest of the time. Okay. All right. I am going to go ahead and go – I know that their uh, secondary was terrible last year, so I'm, I'm shooting that it's going to be better. Their run game is amazing, or the run defense is amazing, so I'm going to go with the Bucks defense. All right. Uh, I'm going to go – I don't want the other two. I'm going to go with a tight end who has, he's hitter. He's boomer bust. Really? Uh, he has all the potential in the world, but hasn't lived up to it. And I'm hoping that Brady can unlock it kind of like he did with Aaron Hernandez. So I'm going to go with, uh, and hopefully he doesn't unlock a murderous side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with OJ Howard. Man, ah, I thought he was going to be so good. OJ Howard is such an enigma. It's either like he'll blow up at a random time and then not have a catch for three straight weeks. This is another reason why I'm not sure what's going to happen in Tampa Bay this year is because tight ends have always been such a huge part of Brady's game, but never a part of Bruce Arians' system. So that's one of the other things. Yeah, but ultimately it comes down to – who's throwing the ball and that's Brady true but and I'm gonna so I'm gonna take a flyer here and just because I think that the I think that the Derek Brown pick was is was a great pick uh I, I I'm gonna go with the Panthers defense okay. I would definitely take them above Atlanta. the Falcons oh, <laughs> for sure that that's the defense in that league in that division that's taken a step back for sure because they didn't really do anything to address the issues that they had and the panthers went all defense in the draft so yeah exactly all right so i have two more positions left at this point you guys have have uh, already picked both of yours quarterback and coach um so i'm gonna go because i don't want uh my luck to run out so i'm gonna go with matt rule at coach and we'll see what happens there rolling the dice there but i don't want my coach to get fired midway through the mm. season which is bound to happen if i were to take dan quinn so uh matt shall i just put you down for yeah cut ridley and more those two guys so dj <laughs> and calvin ridley all right i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna take uh matty ice as my quarterback just because i feel like he's a better quarterback then Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to go there. And then Trent, you're running back. Um, honestly, I would rather just take a wide receiver and line him up. <laughs> I was going to say, um, the options are not uh, appealing. So what do I have? Gurley, Shady, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, Latavius Murray. That that's intriguing. He when he played, he played well. Latavius Murray is a part of that offense. Obviously, Kamara is the starter. Um, and they they're really running back by committee, kind of. They really are. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, they're they're such a great offensive but, team that you don't really notice it. Uh, man, how old is Lashawn McCoy? Like ancient five, I'm just kidding. Uh, has not been <laughs> relevant know. for the past four years. That age, that he is. wasn't bad when he played in Kansas City. Yeah, he got injured. That was part of the problem. I know that's his age. Really, is playing a part. Um, he hasn't been relevant since 
He is 30, 32. Kind of, right. Do you, you have any years of relevance at, at Buffalo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. one or two. I mean, obviously, he fell off a cliff at the end, but I, he, had, he had a couple. Man, I swear, it was a year, if that. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with old No Knees in Atlanta just because he's a great pass catching back. And if he gets hurt, then I won't have a running back on the field. So I think I'd be better off because Brady just throw it to Evans or Julio. There you go. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it there. We've got, uh, I'm just going to run over the picks real quick again. Matt, you've got a quarterback, Drew Brees, running back, uh, Christian McCaffrey, wide receivers, uh, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. Your tight end is Gronk. Your defense is the Saints, and your coach is Sean Payton. I'm pretty happy I've got, with that. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin, uh, Jared Cook, the Bucks defense, and Matt Rule. Trent, you've got Tom Brady, uh, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard at tight end, the Panthers defense, and Bruce Arians at the coaching position. So Sounds I like a winner Trent's- to me. I think Trent seems the most balanced overall. I think yeah, I you and like, I are really strong in certain areas and really not in others. I feel like, I feel like your Trent middle is, is really strong as his wide receiver, and that's it, and his coach. I mean, Brady, I think, no is solid. Gurley oh. kind of sucks. Actually, Gurley really sucks. Julio and Evans is good. Howard, I'm not going to say – Howard's a decent pick. Panthers are okay. Aaron's Gurley, hey y'all, y'all forget Gurley still put up good numbers last year, and he said that his knee was good to go, but the team held him out. Well, I tell you, this is one thing to to. This has nothing to do with this necessarily, but one thing to think about when it comes to Todd Gurley being in Atlanta last year. Todd Gurley ran a ridiculous amount of routes in Los Angeles, and they didn't throw him the ball. He was out there, he was running routes, and they purposely didn't target him. So Yeah, but that, look, and, and I'm not saying that Todd Gurley is the same as James White, but look at how much Brady likes to throw the ball to the running back. And that's why I, I took Todd Gurley with the options I had. Okay. Because of the amount of routes that he runs. And the logic is sound. I you didn't you were taking the lesser of all evils at that point oh uh, yeah for sure so all right well that's gonna do it there we might uh post these on uh, instagram and let you let you vote and uh see what you think uh whose team uh is a super bowl winner of course um so (laughs) we'll see what happens there all right let's finish things out hi okay so for fourth and short i i was trying to decide what i want to do here something quick not just it's what we're going to talk about in the next episode uh so i i decided you know nfl players and coaches they're always saying crazy things right so i decided to go find out what are some crazy things that people are saying and i came across a great one that fits in perfectly with the uh, nfc south so after being, I'll just read this and, and I'll get you guys' uh, reactions. After being placed at number 77 overall on the NFL's annual top 100 list, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen took to Twitter to call out some of the receivers ranked ahead of him, such as Kansas City wide receiver Tyreek Hill and Tampa Bay's duo of Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin, as he put it. This is his tweet. <laughs> Says, okay, I'm tired of biting my tongue at Cheetah, which is Tyreek Hill, at Mike Evans 13, and at Chris Goodwin. And the Poor list goes Chris on. Goodwin. Are not a better receiver than me, faster than me every day of the week with separation child, please. So that was his tag. So after that, he ain't tweet, wrong. Tweet came out. I was about to say, I agree 100%. Mike Evans was the first to call out the mistake that Keenan Allen had made saying the confidence level was nice but didn't match the reality mike evans tweet was this he said you tagged the wrong chris godwin lol and don't be mad at us we ain't make the rankings or care about them i like the confidence but be realistic you're not on my level bro um and then chris godwin had to pile on saying the typo didn't make a difference chris goodwin could not be reached for comment uh, Chris Godwin said, "What a G. Chris Goodwin ain't better than me either." 
So maybe we should have somebody should have drafted Chris Goodwin in that. Yes. Draft. So anyway. I mean, yeah, he ain't wrong. <laughs> Keenan Allen is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I think that if he didn't have the injuries where he had to sit out, what did he do? Tore a hamstring twice. Is that what he did? Yeah. Ridiculous. Or just crazy. Tore, I'm sorry, tore ACL twice or something crazy like yeah. that. Dude, the dude is good. And he, he has more respect. Yeah. And he's one he of the does. best now route runners have a in the quarterback. NFL. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't have a quarterback. He's one so. of the best route runners in the NFL. Um, and he – it drives me nuts because I don't think Tyreek Hill is a good wide receiver. I think Tyreek Hill has a great quarterback. And Tyreek Hill he just – has the best quarterback the in the NFL. Well, well, that's what I meant. But Tyreek Hill just outruns the defense. And Mahomes chucks it 70 yards to him. Can't teach Tyree speed, Hill man. Tyreek Hill is is not a – He is I, not I, a I, dominant I, number one wide receiver. No, you look at some people, you say, whoa, that guy's dominant and has talent. This guy is like, yeah, you're fast, but I don't feel like you're going to take over the game at any one point. No, and that, that's, that's what I mean. Like, Tyreek Hill – is is a is a product of Mahomes. I think a lot of Philip Rivers' numbers the past few years have been a product of Keenan Allen. That Keenan Allen hasn't been on the field that much. Yeah, I'd agree with. Yeah, that. but when he is on the field, he he dominates. Maybe Keenan Allen, or maybe uh, Philip Rivers' interception numbers are because. Keenan Allen hasn't been on the field. No, that's just Philip Rivers. <laughs> that's very true. He's a he's a he's a gunslinger, man. He loves to let us air it out. Pew pew. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight uh, on the Fourth and Short podcast. Again, make sure that you, Matt is Matt is shooting <laughs> gun finger guns at me. Uh, make sure that you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, again, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And uh, follow us on Instagram. We'll put up these uh, teams that we have drafted from the NFC South. Let you vote on them. Uh, tell us how smart we are or how dumb we were. And certainly make sure that you uh, you comment and uh, tell Tatum how much you appreciate her guest appearance on the show today and uh, giving us uh, her opinion. Uh, I know she would appreciate it. So any last words, gentlemen? Say bye-bye. Pew-pew. <laughs> bye, Tatum. Use your words. Say bye-bye. <laughs> Say Packers, Cowboys, Packers. She's getting confused. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. All right, well, that's going to do it all for us here at Fourth and Short. Peace out. Peace out.